0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live
3: right now. And I want to welcome you to today's edition of Calvary Live, and I am back with you. My name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley, and I'm here this afternoon to take your questions and your prayer requests. So you just heard the call-in number that you can call in and ask your questions and give uh, your prayer requests, and we'll go to the Lord, to the throne of grace, as Hebrews 4 says, in time of need. And we'll go to the Word of God to answer your questions. And so I know I've been away a little bit this summer. I've taken a little bit of extra time off just to uh, be in prayer, to be in study, and uh, to continue to do what God has called me to do. But I am back, so blessed to be with you. Some people have uh, text or They have emailed and asking where I've been. I've been here working at the church, doing in-person services on Sunday and online on Wednesday, and continuing to minister here as God leads us and strengthens us. And Remember this, God's still working, and we find ourselves in the middle of summer, in the heat of summer, and uh, He wants to continue to use us, to grow us, uh, to put His love upon us. So give me a call. 303-690-3000. Three zero three I'd love to hear what God is doing in your life, how He is teaching you, uh, what He is showing you. He's showed me so much in the last few months, and it isn't always easy uh, as we go through trials of difficulty or isolation or um, challenges, uh, but God is there, and there's a purpose, and He desires to work good for those Uh, things that we're going through. It doesn't mean he takes the bad things and makes it good, but he works good in those bad times and bad situations. And we can trust him and rest in his love. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. The text line for you to text in a question or a prayer request. And you can do that safely, please, uh, at 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897. As those of you who are regular listeners to Calvary Live, you know that that uh, text line is a dedicated text line, uh, a prayer line open 24-7, and the staff, the pastoral staff at Calvary Aurora, Calvary Church in Aurora, will be looking at those and uh, responding to you. But during this hour of Calvary Live, we're going to take those prayer requests in those questions so please let's get the phone ringing Uh, 303 690 3000. This is your show. Love to hear from you. Give me a call with your questions and prayer requests. Want to welcome all those who are listening on Grace FM live here on this Monday afternoon along the Front Range in Colorado, 101.7 in Colorado Springs. Love to hear from you guys. And was down in Colorado Springs. I had a a death in my family. And uh, so we were down there. Got a lot of good um memories and started ministry down there just love you guys down there in southern colorado and i'd uh, love to hear how you guys are doing so give me a call at 303-690-3000 and then also uh 89.7 of course that powerful signal uh here in northern colorado it is powerful you know i i've spent a little bit of time up in the mountains and uh, I know that this is a time where you go camping and you get out. And if you're up in the mountains, you can still pick up Grace FM, uh, Estes Park, Red Feathers. Uh, you can pick it up in the snowies in Wy- Wyoming because Grace FM gets up in the southern Wyoming in the snowies and Laramie and Medicine Bow and Cheyenne and clear out to the Nebraska Panhandle. Uh, we even picked it up uh, as far as Walden to the west and in North Park and and so um always have your radio tuned in to Grace FM 89.7 for that powerful signal And uh, you'll be amazed how you can pick it up as you make your way through the mountains and as you recreate. And I always tell people when you go camping, take Jesus with you. You know, take the Word of God with you. And you can take Grace FM with you as well. So welcome all you at Grace FM. Also want to uh, just uh, welcome you on the East Coast. I pray you guys are doing well out there. Truth and Hope FM. And you are a week delayed as you listen to the program. But you can call in at this time at 303-690-3000, and you can ask your questions or give your prayer requests. And would love to have you call in. So grateful for you guys on the East Coast and also you online listeners. And we got people that are listening from Florida and, again, up in the Midwest, Minnesota and Uh, Michigan, uh, as I look at the map, and on the West Coast, Southern California, down in Texas, and uh, even up into North Dakota. And so we want to welcome all the online listeners. You too can call at that number at 303-690-3000. And I just want to, if you're new to, to Grace FM, if you're new to Calvary Live, to remind you that you can download the free app on your smartphones, on your tablets, Grace FM. I think you just type it in Grace FM Colorado. It'll come up. It only takes a second, and you can listen to great Bible teaching, twenty-four-seven, and music and worship. And what a tremendous blessing! I am so grateful for Grace FM, for Calvary Church, and their um, you know vision of having the radio station, and all those who support. And uh, it is so needed. We need the Word of God more than ever. Uh, And I'm so grateful that we have uh, the opportunity to hear good, solid Bible teaching and worship. And we have this show. So this is your show. Love for you to call. Give me a call at 303-690-3000. we got a couple open lines. And let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about the Word of God. Let's talk about what God is doing in your life and the things He's showing you. And uh, let's go uh, to the Lord as we... Pray for one another. This is a powerful time for us to be in fellowship with one another over the airwaves. So we're going to go to New Jersey, uh, where Eric is uh, on the line. How you doing, Eric?
2: Hey, good evening, Pastor. Let me take you off speakerphone.
3: How are good
2: you me. today? Um, I'm doing well. Thank you. I appreciate good. you having me on the show. Uh, I Absolutely. Listen to every chance I get when I'm in the car in the six o'clock hour. Thank you.
3: Good. Super. So you got a yeah, question for me?
2: I do. We had a question that came up in a Bible study, and uh, we uh, couldn't get a couldn't decide a, about a clear answer ourselves, and it was in regards to—and I'm probably going to misquote what Jesus said—something to the effect of, you know, I am the way, the truth, and the light. You can only come to the Father through me. And the question was, what happens to people who never had a chance to hear Jesus, whether they were— Born in the Old Testament times before Jesus, or you know, their unreached people group, or you know, aborted yeah. fetuses—how do those people get to heaven?
3: Yeah, and that's a good question because that gets debated a lot. And we'll kind of take it one um, step at a time. When you ask about the Old Testament saints, you know, uh, they had the prophecies. Jesus said to the religious leaders that. You search the scriptures, and in them you think you have eternal life, but these are they that speak of me. And we know that the Old Testament prophets came along, and they spoke about Messiah that would come. We know that uh, the first promise of Messiah would come clear back in the book of Genesis uh, after the sin of Adam and Eve, and the consequences were given that uh, the promise Messiah was given. And what is really important, you can read the book of Romans, and particularly that section of Romans uh, on the doctrine of justification. And as you go through that section, as well as Galatians, and Galatians is called um, the mini-Romans. And what Paul the Apostle does is he painstakingly walks the... Uh, reader who would read it and say, what do you mean that you're justified by faith alone in Jesus Christ? Jesus did make that statement, as you said, Eric, that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So we know that he is our salvation. There's no other salvation. But as Paul is given that doctrine of justification, chapters 1, 2, and 3 of Romans, that we're all sinners, we've all gone astray, uh, and uh, we have all fallen short. But then he goes on and he gives the doctrine of justification, and he makes the case for those who would read it and say, okay, what about the Old Testament? And Paul, he brings out a big gun. He brings out Abraham, uh, one that uh, was uh, they're considered the father of the nation, of the Jewish people, um, and he says, "Listen, it's always been this way." And he he says Abraham was justified before circumcision because they thought the Jews that they as they would seek their own righteousness, but not the true righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. We know that um, that they would argue, "Well, we had the laws, and you're saved by the law." Paul says the law can't save anyone. The law just points to us that we're sinners. We fall short. And Abraham was justified before the covenant of circumcision came. They thought they were saved because they were the covenant people. We were circumcised. That's what brought salvation. And so Paul says that Abraham believed God, as he would quote from Genesis chapter 15, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Circumcision didn't come till chapter 17. So it's the Old Testament saints that we're looking forward to the cross. For forward to Messiah, that the Old Testament sacrifices was not enough to take away sin, it only covered sin until Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, came and died for their sins once and for all. So he makes that case in the book of Galatians. Your Bible study might want to look at that. Paul brings up the same argument. Hey, it was Abraham that is justified by faith. He believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So they were looking forward to the cross. We look back to the cross right now. When it comes to the the maybe aborted um, uh, babies, um, unborn children, when it comes to a miscarriage, uh, I believe that that baby goes to be with the Lord. You can read Psalm 139 that the Lord, he writes about how, You were formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. My frame is not hidden from you. When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. He's talking about the baby in the womb. And in your book they were written, the days fashioned for me, then as yet... There were none of them, and how precious also are your thoughts towards me, O God, and how great is the sum of them? So I believe that they go to heaven that that the Lord knows that they're his and um and uh they go to heaven, uh obviously uh even not even being born uh into this world, and there's also that age of accountability for what about a baby, what about uh, a been born, a toddler, a child. Um, we have all that discussion as well, and then you are asking about those who hadn 't heard of Jesus Christ, and people ask that they say, "What about in the further you know reaches of Africa or you know those who uh, live in in different parts of the world that never had a chance to hear of Jesus Christ? All I can say is this that God is just, and he is perfectly just, and when we get to heaven. Eric, one of the things that Revelation chapter 19 declares, that righteous and true are your judgments, O Lord. In other words, right on, perfect, righteous, and true are your decisions, are your judgment, O Lord. And so Paul writes in Romans chapter 1 that, um, you know, we're all without excuse, and God knows the heart, and God is perfectly just, and I got to leave it at that. Okay,
2: that's a great response. I really appreciate it, Pastor. And I will definitely take a look at Galatians as soon as I'm able to. I really appreciate your time.
3: You know, Eric, here here's the thing to pass along to yours because you guys are asking good questions. It's really, really important for Christians to understand. That was a a point and case for Paul because the reader would come along and say, "Well, what about the Old Testament? It's always been by faith and faith in Him and And, you know, sometimes people will say, well, what about the, you know, tribe in Africa that never heard of Jesus? Listen, you have heard of Jesus. And sometimes that's just to divert the the conversation away from their responsibility. With knowledge comes responsibility. And so usually I'll bring it back to that individual, you know, in a very loving and sensitive way and say, you know, God is just, He's perfectly just. But what about you? you have heard the gospel, because I'm going to tell it to you right now, or you've heard it before, or whatever the case may be, and you have a decision to make. So good questions that you guys are asking.
2: I think it's an important thing to address, especially as we're evangelizing and trying to share our faith. It's a common challenge to Christianity, and uh, I think it's an important important answer, both in my personal development as a Christian and as I, you, know, as you try to spread the word. So thank you.
3: You bet, Eric. God bless you. You call back any time, alright?
2: Yep. Looking forward to hearing this next week.
3: Alright. God bless you. 303 and very good questions, and I love it when I hear people are doing Bible study and uh, in fellowship and asking these questions, and I'll do my best to help you walk through it and give you scripture and and uh, sometimes the questions are challenging but uh it's, it's so wonderful to hear that people are desiring to not only grow in their own walk with the Lord and the knowledge of scripture but being able to then uh, apply it in their lives and then be able to share it with others to help others as they minister um, so um, we want to continue with the we got an open line 303-690-3000 let me give you that text number again And uh, bring in those texts if we got time today. And uh, sometimes on a Monday we do. The text line is 720-336-0897. And love to answer the questions on the text or pray for you as well. We're going to go back to the East Coast of Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Cheryl is on line one. Hi, Cheryl.
1: Hello. Good evening. How are you? I'm well. And you?
3: I am doing good. Thank you.
1: Good, good. Well, my question was, um, I wanted to know when the apostasy was coming. Was the, Would that come before the rapture or after the rapture?
3: Well, there is an apostasy that is coming, like you said. And Paul talks about that in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and I'm going to read it for the sake of our, our listeners, uh, because... Second Thessalonians chapter two is an incredible chapter. He talks about the rapture of the church. He talks about the day of the Lord. He talks about the coming Antichrist, and he goes on and he says that the Antichrist, because he's writing this letter to them, uh, to the church at Thessalonica. And what is amazing, Cheryl, is what we get from the Book of Acts is that Paul was in Thessalonica. He he leaves. Philippi, the first church established on the continent of Europe, he goes to thessalonica he 's only there for three sabbaths he 's there for a month twenty one to thirty days or or twenty seven days and he talks to them a lot about the rapture of the church, the return of the Lord, all these different things. He thought it was important for this young church to know about it and and I kind of preface this in my answer to you because there 's a lot of Christians unfortunately. They don't believe that those things are important for us to discuss or study. The rapture of the church in time, prophecy, the things that are coming. And the Lord has led us in on what the future holds for us. And one of the things that he says is there is going to be a falling away. There's going to be a great apostasy. And he says that, "...let no one deceive you by any means." Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica in that second letter, "...for that day, what day? The day of the Lord will not come unless a falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. So what we get from this text, what we get from Revelations chapter 6-19, through 19, and particularly when we get to chapter 17, is that there's going to be a, a false worldwide church on the scene in the tribulation period. That I believe the rapture of the church is going to take place first, and after the rapture of the church, there is that Daniel's 70th week, or that is seven-year tribulation period where the Antichrist is going to support that worldwide false church. Paul here in 2 Thessalonians, he says that this Antichrist, who's called the man of sin, the son of perdition, is going to go into the rebuilt temple. He's going to exalt himself above all that is called God or his worship. So he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. In the middle of the tribulation period, What the Antichrist does, and that's a very important mark, that he goes into the temple, proclaims himself as God. Revelation chapter 17 tells us that he will then turn and destroy that false church. He destroys that false worldwide church, Cheryl, because he is controlled by Satan, and he's under the influence and power of Satan. And what is one thing that Satan has always wanted? He's wanted to be worshipped, so the antichrist wants to be worshipped alone, and he is going to declare himself as God, as Paul writes in the temple of God to be worshipped as God, and then the lawlessness will be revealed after you know the rapture of the church and the coming lawlessness with according to working of Satan all power signs and line wonders and for this reason that God will send them strong delusion. Now there's been a lot of debate about what is that strong delusion in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. You know, there's many good suggestions, but I just take the context of that he has proclaimed to be God. That's, that's the delusion. That's the strange delusion that people are coming to. But here's the thing, Cheryl, that I want to pass along. Paul also, in some of his last words to Timothy, said that in a way, there's going to be a time of corrupt minds. There's going to be a time of of a form of godliness, but denying its power from such people turn away. He writes these last words to Timothy, that in the last days, perilous times will come. He says that there are going to be those that are going to be counterfeit, having that form of godliness, but denying its power. Um, those who uh, are ones that always are trying to learn, men of corrupt minds, disapprove concerning the faith. Um, They're going to be evil men and imposters. So as we get closer to the return of the Lord, the rapture of the church, we're seeing these things happen, aren't we? He says the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itchy ears, They will heap up from themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to fables. The Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. So we're seeing this, I believe, take place even today, that there is more of a falling away of truth. Uh, There are mainline denominations that uh, a generation ago, they stood on the truth of God's Word, they have abandoned the truth of God's word. Uh even independent churches and even starting to see it in some non-denominational churches, those who have forsaken the word of God and have adopted the world's philosophy, false doctrine, denied the deity of Jesus Christ that he's the only salvation. So there is going to be a falling away and I think we see the very foundation of that even today.
1: Oh yes, uh that's the way I feel. And I've been praying for a revival first. You know, I just, I just pray that God <clears throat> will revive us again and pour out His Spirit upon us, that we yeah. will be strong through these days, because every time you, I listen to the news, I wonder, oh boy, I hope we're not in an apostasy yet. But I see where it falls now after yeah. um, you're talking about Revelation 17 in the middle of the tribulation. Yeah is when the apostasy comes, and I'm like, wow, it's going to be awful, because it seems pretty bad now, and we're not even there yet.
3: Yeah, and, you know, Cheryl, keep praying for that revival. I really believe with all of my heart that is the only hope for our nation. With all the tensions and division and anger and rage that is going on, the gospel is the answer. The gospel brings us to Christ. And in the book of Revelation, in that heavenly scene that you and I are going to be at, and I can't wait to meet you um when we get to heaven, is that from every tribe tongues, people, and nation, he has redeemed us by his blood, you know he's the one that brings us together. this nation needs Jesus so desperately, and I pray for you know a revival too, and it particularly I mean for all but our young people, and because they're being told lies and they're they're being. You know, right now, you know, movements and identity and uh, all of that, a sense of belonging is real important. And we identify with Christ who went to the cross and died for us because of his love for us. And, you know, he's got a wonderful plan for us, the church, and we need to keep our eyes on him and keep looking and watching and being wise and praying. So you keep praying. I appreciate your comment on that.
1: I wish that uh, pastors would teach more of Revelation because a lot of people are like it in so much fear and doubt and and all. And if um, they would teach, people would be able to see clearly that in the. I, I you yes,
3: fear. I I agree with you, Cheryl, one hundred percent. Because they need to hear it from the pastors behind the pulpit, and unfortunately, and I, I don't want to have a spirit of criticism or anything. But it's true because I hear it from people that that their pastor won't talk about end times. There's even pastors that I was told that their leaders in the denomination told them, you will not teach on the rapture of the church. You're not to teach on the book of Revelation. There are those even from evangelical churches that say, we will not teach the book of Revelation. And that's part of the canon of Scripture. And Paul, when he wrote on the rapture of the church, he said, comfort one another with these words. So I think there needs to to be desperately a a study in the end times prophecies declared that the Lord's coming back. And for us Christians, we've been given the privilege to know what is going to take place in the last days and what our future are. And John says that as we have the hope that we're going to see Jesus again, that it brings purity to us. In other words, that that he who has this hope purifies himself. I'm not going to be living carnally. I know Jesus can come back. I know that he. I'm going to give an account to him uh, of the minas and the talents that were given to me, even as he told those, those parables. And I can't wait for him to come back, and I want to keep my eyes on him, and I want to spread the good news of the gospel to others. So thank you, Cheryl. I appreciate, and you keep studying the Scriptures and keep declaring that the Lord's going to come back soon.
1: Thank you so much.
3: God bless you. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. We're going to go to Shelly in Fort Collins. Hi Shelly. How are you today?
1: Um I'm doing I'm doing okay. And it just I just called for some prayer.
3: Okay. How can we and pray I'm, for you?
1: I just wanted I not just, I just wanted to thank God in advance for his hand being in in my life you know and drawing me near until him drawing me near to him in this situation it's, it's been you know I just I'm looking for prayer
3: okay, okay. for and,
1: of my of my family
3: okay let's do that because we're getting ready to come to break and father I pray for Shelly she's been waiting patiently and I I know that this is an important prayer request for you so to please bring her family together you know what's going on. Lord, I think that um, whatever it is that you, Lord, are a God that is perfectly just, and you're a God that is compassionate and merciful. And so, Lord, I pray that um, this family, more than anything, would look to you, cause them to to trust in you, uh, cause you cause them to, to rest in your love. And Lord, I pray that you would bring them together in whatever is going on. And I thank you for Shelley for her desire to give you thanks in advance, and to lord work on behalf of this family whatever is taking place wherever the division is wherever the separation and strain is that you bring healing that you bring restoration that you bring a togetherness um, in you and we pray this in the precious name of jesus amen and amen shelly god bless you thanks for calling we'll keep praying all right hey we got a couple open lines and uh, so give me a call, 303-690-3000. We're going to go to break. It's the only break of the show, so we got plenty of time for you to call or to text in a question. We'll be right back.
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
3: Come back to the second half of Calvary Live. You just heard those numbers where you can be a part of the show. The call-in number, 303-690-3000. You're listening to Calvary Live. And I am Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley in beautiful northern Colorado. In the middle of summer, it's hot and it's been dry. But you know what? We have the Lord who wants to refresh us and renew us. And uh, I pray that this show does that. And so I'd love for you to call in with a question or a prayer request. The text line is 720 336 Oh eight nine seven. Welcome everybody who's listening. I pray you're doing well. I pray that you're healthy. I do want to give a couple quick announcements. We got two open lines. So grab one of those open lines. Got plenty of time um, to ask a question or have a conversation with you. And uh love to be able to do that. That is this show, Calvary Live, is your show. And this is your program. This is where you get to call in. And and so uh, please do, and love for you to be able to do that. Make sure you're safe as you text in a question or, or a uh, prayer request. I do want to let you know, those of you up here in the Greeley area, that here at Calvary Chapel Greeley, we have started uh, since the end of May, in-person services on Sunday morning. And what we have done is we've opened up the backyard and it's been great to see more and more people come um, as we are doing eight thirty and ten thirty we have the sanctuary open because I know it's been hot it's been hot and uh, but you know people have really enjoyed it they are grateful to be able to come back and be in fellowship and it's safe you got plenty of room to spread out there in the backyard. We got some that sit in the sanctuary where you don't have to be out in the hot sun. Um, and we do have some uh, covering, you know, uh, for some shade. Uh, but I'd uh, love to see you come out, and uh, love for you to be a part of our worship services on Sunday morning, eight thirty and ten thirty. We're in Matthew's gospel, incredible study, and we're trying to keep the services at about an hour, um, because I know that, uh, particularly the ten thirty service, it starts to get warm. We don't have children's ministry going on right now, and uh, but we are looking to do that perhaps uh, soon, and we're looking forward to uh, being able to to get that going next month. We're meeting, we're praying, we just want to make sure that we have the proper guidelines and things like that. So uh, we'll keep progressing forward, and I know it's been difficult. It's been different this year for all of us, and, and the key word is ADAPT. The key word has been to, you know, um, adjust and adapt and be patient, and we'll continue to do that. Be praying for your pastors, as you know, many of them have opened up. Some here in Greeley just opened up just recently in the last couple of weeks. They they all have different convictions and trying to do their best and having in-person services. Uh, Wednesday night here we are doing online only. We haven't opened up in person on Wednesday nights. And uh, we're in the book of Jeremiah, powerful study, powerful study. So you can join us online at calvarychapelgreeley.org for our uh, online services on Wednesday. And we are actually going to be in in an incredible chapter, chapter 31, that talks about the new covenant. Last week, in that section of Jeremiah, chapters 30 through 33, is called the section of consolation. Jeremiah has bring bringing a difficult message to the nation but in this section and really begins in chapter 29 he brings consolation he brings you know hope to them that God's going to restore them bring them back from the captivity of Babylon back into the land but also he talks about a future time in the latter days when he will bring them back for the restoration of Israel when Jesus Christ comes back. So we've been talking about the implications of that. Very important for us to understand. Uh, so in uh, online, Wednesday at 7 o'clock. In person, you can also listen online, because I know some of you, you're not ready to come back. I miss you guys, and I respect that. And I know that you need to be careful. And uh, we look forward to when we can all freely get together and come back. But online, 8, on Sunday, 30 on Sunday, CalvaryChapelGreeley.org. Check us out. You can also watch online on our Facebook page, Calvary Chapel Greeley. All right. Um, I do want to uh, go back to the phone lines. We've got a couple open lines. So grab one of those open lines. Let's hear from you. Um, let's um, uh, let's talk about the things of the Lord let me know what the Lord is doing in your life and uh, or you got questions or a prayer requests we're going to go to New Cumberland Pennsylvania Mary Kay has been waiting patiently hi Mary Kay Mary Kay are you there okay she she had been waiting Mary Kay I'm so sorry if you're listening and I know you're a week delayed but um, she has been waiting, and she, we're going to pray for her because uh, she said she's having trouble walking, even to her room. Uh, she may be somebody who's elderly and uh, or in a hospital and wants prayer. The Lord knows who she is, so we're going to pray for Mary Kay, and Father, we just lift her up. She's dear to you, and uh, Lord, she was waiting and uh, couldn't stay on the line, but I pray that you would, Lord, just help her strengthen her body that she can walk to her room, whether she's in a nursing home or um, a senior facility, wherever she's want. We didn't have a chance to talk to her, but you know her. And I just pray that you would just touch her legs, strengthen her. Lord, bless her heart. Um, Just comfort her heart in every way. And Lord, show yourself strong on her behalf. You care about all of us and you care about every need that we have. And your word is true when we read that we can cast our cares on you because you care for us and you care for Mary Kay and you care for her prayer request that's very important. So I just pray that you would just minister to her, touch her body, give her strength so she can walk back to her room. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Had a great first half. Let's get those calls going. This is your show. And text line is 720-336-0897. And as we have time for the text calls, uh, always want to take those. while we have a minute. There's one that came in, and it reads... How can I stop having doubts about God no matter how much I fight them and pray and read the Bible? I still have doubts sometimes. And that can happen. Sometimes uh, our faith uh, can kind of falter a little bit, can can wither a little bit. There is a story in the Gospels that uh, I want to share that uh, um, we have Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. And... He's up on the mountain, and he comes down with his disciples. And as he comes down with his disciples, he encounters a man who has a son who is vexed with the demon. And this son is throwing himself in the fire. He's you know um, you know throwing himself in the water. He's convulsing. He just really uh, is going through torment in a difficult uh, season and a difficult time. And so what happens is this father of this son makes a beeline to Jesus when he comes down from the Mount of Transfiguration. And as he comes to Jesus, he says that um, that your disciples, I came to them, spoke to them, that they should cast out the demon, but they could not. Now keep in mind, this is after Jesus had sent the disciples out, two by two. And as he sent them out two by two, they came back and said, we work miracles. We were casting out demons from people. But here, this demon could not be cast out by those other disciples. Now, it was Peter, James, and John that was with Jesus. So the other nine are, you know, I just picture them trying to, to help this boy, trying to help this dad. And the dad says, I, I want to your disciples. They, they couldn't help. And so Jesus brings them a word of correction. And he says, bring that boy to me. And they brought him to him. And when they saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, And he fell on the ground and wallowed and formed at, uh, foamed at the mouth. And Jesus asked them, how long has this been happening? And he said, from childhood. And often he throws himself both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, and here's the thrust of my answer to that. He says, if you can believe all things, all things are possible. And immediately the father cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. I think that perhaps that this is going to help you as you text in, that as you have doubts, there are times where our faith falters. There are times where we have doubts. And here is this father. He comes to Jesus, and with tears, his father, his son is com- being convulsed and and. And has this, this, you know, demon in him. And Jesus said, all things are possible if you believe. Um, and he says, I believe, but there's unbelief. And that's all Jesus wanted in the honesty of that father's heart to just come out and say, I believe, but there's some unbelief. And it says that Jesus had compassion on him. And that he helped this man and in the honesty of your heart as you go to the lord and you say lord please help me please he understands um he understands and he desires to help you and he desires to just strengthen your faith keep reading the word keep praying and he's going to show up he's going to show up and he has compassion for you he knows your heart he knows what we're but does And even great men of faith, they faltered in their faith at times. We see it with Elijah that ran down to the mountain and hid in the mountain of God, you know, and and said, God, you know, I'm the only one left. And the Lord said, no, Elijah. And he heard the still, small voice of the Lord. And I think that's another encouraging story because here's Elijah that had great victory on Mount Carmel. Jezebel, the, the queen, you know, married to Ahab the king, threatens elijah and says i'm going to lop your head off elijah elijah runs down to the mountain of god clear down in sign you know in the arabia which is saudi arabia and on his way the angel wakes him up and says elijah eat for the journey is long and elijah's there in the cave and he's down discouraged his faith has faltered and the lord said elijah what are you doing here and the Lord wasn't in the earthquake, it wasn't in the fire that was there, It wasn't in the mighty wind that came and broke apart the rocks. But Elijah heard the still small voice of the Lord and listen, that the journey's long, and we need to hear the still small voice of the Lord. And he desires to speak to you. And he'll speak to you as you just go to him in the honesty of your heart. Lord, I doubt this. Lord, I'm faltering here. Lord, I have unbelief there. And I pray that that's a help and an encouragement to you um, as you just, you know, uh, go to him. He knows our heart anyway. Um, So uh, I just want to uh, encourage you in that. And I hope that's a blessing to you. Hey, we got open lines. is what I'm seeing here. So, love to talk to you 303-690-3000. The Lord is so good. So, call in. Maybe you got a question, maybe you got a prayer request. Uh, love to talk to you about the things of the Lord. The text line is 720-336-0897, and there is a text question that came in uh, earlier to me uh, that um, that is a uh, a good question is this: What does the New Testament teach on tithing? And and that sometimes comes up, uh, that is asked of people: What about tithing? What about you know um, uh, giving tithing? Um, I even heard one guy uh, that he said that if you tithe, it's a sin because we're not under the law. And I think he went way beyond the boundaries of Scripture. Listen, the New Testament doesn't say that we as christians are the tithe um you know we're not under the old testament 10% tithe system but the bible does say that we are to give and um and the bible does say that we are to to give to him and the tithe is a good good standard it's it's a good um you know Standard that we use as a church, we tithe, put it in a missions account uh, as families to give tithes. And usually you heard the terms um, your uh, uh, tithe or um, of your giving and, and offerings and, and all of that. It may be more than 10%. What we have the standard in the New Testament is given to us in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 tells us that we are to give freely. We are to give willingly, and we are to give cheerfully, that the Lord loves a cheerful giver. That is the requirement. That is the qualifications of giving in the New Testament. But we are to give. And so that's between you and the Lord. The tithe, it's not a sin The tithe, but we're not under the law. But it's a good standard for a lot of people. And I think that um, that as the Lord lays on your heart to tithe 10%, That's a good number to use, a good um, standard to use, um, good guideline to use. But he might tell you to to, uh, give 15%, or he may tell you to give 20%. Who knows what he'll tell you to do. But the pattern of giving is this, that you give willfully, you give prayerfully, you give freely, and you give cheerfully, because the Lord loves the cheerful giver. And one of the things that we do here at Calvary Greeley is, We have offering boxes. We want people to be able to do that, to be able to give freely and willfully and cheerfully and freely. Um, And even Paul gives the example of the Philippian believers giving out their own poverty in the churches of Macedonia as he's writing to the Corinthian church. So um, just some encouragement there. Um, the tithe is a good thing. We're not under the law, but we can use that as a standard if we want. So, uh, good question that is being asked. Let's go to our text line. And, uh, love to answer those texts as we come in. We still got plenty of time for, uh, a phone call, 303-690-3000. And, um, I got one, um, that I can't read at all. And somebody who's been listening and, uh, enjoying the questions and answers. and um, But uh, as I look at this about unborn children would go to heaven, really interested me. I believe we just talked about that. We just talked about how in Psalm 139 that the Lord says, you're wonderfully and fearfully made. He knows our substance before we're even born. He, he's using pronouns. I know you. Paul talks about, is interesting that, that he was ordained for ministry before he was born. Same with Jeremiah. So I believe that own born child does go to heaven. Um, and so um, that is something that uh, the scripture gives us comfort. And, you know, even those below the um, age of accountability, David, when he lost his son, he said uh, there in Second Samuel that he will not come to me, but I will go to him. In other words, I will go to my my son who who died in heaven, I will see him in heaven. I will go to him and uh, and so it is uh, painful when we have a miscarriage um, when we lose a child, um, but we have the hope, the comfort that Jesus, the children belong to him and uh, that they have uh, god 's grace and love that is bestowed upon them. Um, 303-690-3000, just kind of looking at the text questions, and i love to hear from you. we got open lines, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. There is a text question, is America mentioned in Bible prophecy? That's a very good question. I don't see America mentioned in Bible prophecy, and that concerns me. There are those who try to use Isaiah passage that's talking about Cush and the land divided by a river as America. Uh, I don't believe that's speaking of America. Uh, There are others that say that um, I've heard all kinds of different interpretations of scripture, like uh, in Revelation chapter 12, that, um, you know, that's speaking of Israel, that that's the United States. I, I've heard those different interpretations. The only mention that I see um, is that perhaps in Ezekiel 38, that um, it may be a mention in the United States, but we don't know for sure when it talks about uh, Saudi Arabia, Tarsus, which may be Britain and the young lions protesting on behalf of Israel. And uh but there's no mention of the United States in Bible prophecy. So uh as I said, that concerns me. Why? I don't know. It's a study for another time. Let's go to Kevin in Colorado Springs on line one. Hi, Kevin.
4: Hey, how you doing?
3: Good, how are you?
4: Hey. So I'm I'm doing well, thank you. So I was just uh wanting to make a comment on a couple of things you said about like God and you know, right. uh, I think one of the callers had a question about tithing. So the thing is, we have to tell the truth. You know, we may not understand fully, but the truth is that tithing is, like you said, something that's mentioned in the New Testament. Jesus talks about it. Uh, scripture talks about tithing. But it tells us to give to specific people. It doesn't tell us to give to a building called a church. It tells us to give to the the widows, the fatherless, the uh, the the, uh, the the poor, you know, and and, and on and on. Sure. Uh, so, and then and then when uh, one of the, one of the guys was telling me that, uh, well, we you know he has to give the people that's overseas, you know, if he wants to give to people overseas that need help, well, we got plenty of people right here in Colorado uh, Springs or wherever we live at that can take care of those people. We can take care of the people right here that's poor. We don't have to go all the way across to another country. Uh, Lastly, I would like to say is just, uh, I'm on my way to work, but um, the church, you know, it's mentioned 111 times in the Bible, but yet not one time is mentioned as a building, not a structure. You know, Acts uh, 7, chapter 48, uh, chapter 7, verse 48, would tell you that, you know, Stephen, when he was being uh, killed, It says that he, there was a, they were killed in front of Saul. I don't know, this wind is blowing so bad. But he was killed in front of Saul, and, you know, he tells the people that there is no building that God would dwell in. Right? So that do not mean he can't go to a building or uh, your church building, but that doesn't mean that he's going to dwell. He dwells within us, right? Because we are the.
3: yeah, the church, and we've been saying this over and over again, that the church is not a building. It's buildings, a building. The church is the people. Tithing is not mentioned in the New Testament. It's mentioned in the Old Testament. And as the qualification is, the question came in, are we to tithe? Um, is that a New Testament concept? Um, it, it's, it's a standard that people use to give. Now, the church is the people. Paul writes about giving. He writes about his right to be supported. He, to the book of Philippians, um, as he's writing to that church, he says, thank you for your uh, offering to me, your, your giving to me, and the fruit that abounds from my ministry is going to be given to your you know, account. So there's those, those things that we know from giving. We know that Paul had a collection from the saints in, in Greece, from Achaia and, and Macedonia, to give to the church in Jerusalem that was hurting. So um, it doesn't say that they're specifically um, given to a building, but there is offerings given to a church and to the saints who are hurting. As far as who to give to, that's between that person and the Lord. Some people may have a standard of 10% that they want to give to their church that they support— and, and I appreciate the support here. So I can be here and minister, do Bible studies, and, and the staff here. We can keep the building running. We can keep, you know, the lights on. Um, we have some maintenance things that we're doing right now. we got to maintain this building. Very much that is all a part of it. But, you know, if somebody wants to give to a ministry, and we've given to ministries, myself and my wife personally, and also um, this church to ministries— all over the world, here in Greeley, which is our Jerusalem, to ministries here, to maybe overseas, um, and to ministries that we support and have touched our hearts. So, you know, that's between the Lord and those who are giving. Those in Macedonia, those in Achaia, they didn't know the saints in Jerusalem. You know, that was on the other side of the world as far as they were concerned, but yet Paul thought it was important for them to give that there be a coming together, because the church is one. Whether it's the church here, we can help people, we should help people in our own communities, or whether it's the church on the other side of the ocean. We're all one, and as the Lord guides and as He directs, and where God guides, He provides as people are willing to give. So I appreciate your, your comments on that, Kevin. And, um, and, you know, I encourage people, I don't see who gives here. I want people to give freely. And if a tithe is the standard you want to give to the church, but if the Lord's leading you to do something else, that's between you and the Lord. Um, but he... Uh, sees and he knows, and it's a cheerful heart that we are to give. And I appreciate the support that comes here. So not only that I am supported in my ministry, but we can support staff and we can support the building and everything else that goes on here. And we tithe as a church. It doesn't go to bills here. It doesn't go to the building. It goes to supporting ministry, whether that's here in Greeley, for Youth for Christ, the Pregnancy Center, uh, well Food Bank, we've given to a number of ministries here. Just gave to one that my good friend Doug Bell is feeding homeless uh, here in Greeley, in downtown Greeley on Wednesday nights, or whether it's across the ocean, whether we give to far-reaching ministries or to others as well. So we just, as the Lord leads us, and we're free to give that. And I believe that um, we'll continue to do that. Three zero three Let's go to Roy and Eaton. Hey, Roy.
2: Hey, Pastor Jeff. How are you? Good. I'm doing okay. Good.
3: How can we minister to you?
2: Um, actually, I'm kind of having a rough time because uh, um, I've been divorced now for two or three years, and uh, my sons are kind of taking it hard, and they kind of—they uh, they, they sided with their mom, um, so they're living with her, and— I just I miss that relationship with him, um, and I've just been kind of, I guess we'll say depressed and kind of, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I just ask asking for prayer, just to Absolutely. kind of with everything, you
3: know. Absolutely, Roy, and I'm so sorry for the pain and the hole in your heart. And Father, I just pray for Roy, and, and it's been hard with the divorce and. Um, with the family being separated and strained and um, fractured, and I pray for you to work. I pray that um, that somehow that that you would work in this family where Roy could see his children, see his family, uh, be able to talk. You know the circumstances, Lord. But Lord, I just pray that you minister uh, there to Roy and help him and and just be with him. And uh, it's been a long journey, and it's a difficult journey. And Lord, I do pray that you would just um, bring the comfort that he needs, that you open doors that no man can shut, and you shut doors that no man can open, and doors would be open for him to be able to communicate with, um, with his son um, that he loves very much. We just pray that you strengthen Roy and just... Again, that you bring the comfort and wisdom and strength that he needs, in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor John. You bet, Roy. God bless you. Thank you. You know, one of the things that we were talking about um, on uh, Wednesday in the Book of Jeremiah that the Lord is going to restore Israel. There's going to be great tribulation that they will go through. Matter of fact, Jeremiah chapter 30 calls it Jacob's trouble. Jacob's trouble is the name of the last three and a half years of the tribulation period. And it's going to be great trouble. Jesus said concerning that time that it'll be great trouble and they're going to be isolated. But he's going to work. And if you feel isolated and going through tribulation, God is working. He's with you. He loves you. Hey, God bless you. We'll see you next time. Have a great evening. Thank you, everybody.